Good morning, Saturday, September 7th, welcome to New Era Nation podcast. Um, today we'll be discussing, once again, Antonio Brown. This ain't supposed to be a podcast about Antonio Brown. The past three days, the majority has been about him. But he's holding me hostage. And if he's doing this to me and a lot of us fans out there, what's he doing to the team, the players on the team, the coaching staff? When the news of Antonio Brown potentially signing, coming to the Raiders, um, I was not with it, but it grew on me. And, uh, you know, we keep forgiving the guy. Of course, the idea grows on you when the guy's, you know, saying all the right things. And then you look at that talent and imagine it, you know, all that help he's going to give your team. And it uh, ends up nothing. He just causes huge distractions. Of course, you want to think it'll work. With a player with talent like that. But it didn't. The team moved on. Releasing A.B. Uh, I said his last incident had to be the last draw. After all that, you know, heartfelt, emotional apology. He just turns around and says, screw it, cut me. Derek Carr said, honestly, it's a relief. We've been preparing without him. Uh, It's a relief to not go through the circus. That's the quarterback who's representing the voice of the players. He's feeling that way. We're going to assume the whole team deep down is feeling that way. And they're going to hold on to some feelings, giving him a chance. Once that chance is over, they can let their true feelings go. He was as little a distraction as possible, but still a distraction. Now the Raiders, for the second season in a row, going going into the season opener, lose their most explosive player. Second year in a row. Although this year is a little different. Uh, compared to what happened with Khalil Mack last year, and morale was devastated. Um, this is more of a relief that Antonio Brown's gone this year. Let's make this the last, you know, the last unnecessary chance taken on this team. We are now <laughs> one explosive wide receiver away, and some linebackers, and some pass rush, maybe a backup guard. I don't know. And the other, you know, ironic, upsetting thing about this, Tyreek Hill just got an extension yesterday. Um, the timing's kind of funny, you know, that all this going on with Antonio Brown feels like the Chiefs just looked at their guy and said, well, hey, you know, at least he's not Antonio Brown, which is, you know, just shocking Twilight Zone twist on things. You know, the Raiders got the bad receiver. Chiefs got the good receiver. What's this world coming to? When a dude who's punched his girlfriend in the stomach, pregnant, and choked her, and was accused of possibly breaking his son's arm. That's an alleged situation. But hey, when you're punching and beating your girlfriend, um, you know, you get the scrutiny that comes along with that when your son breaks his arm. And then that audio comes out where he says, you need to be terrified of me too, bitch. That guy. That guy's a better option than the guy we got. That guy's a more solid, stable talent than the one we got. How how messed up is this world? You want to be free, you're free. But more importantly, the Raiders are free. The nation's free. Being held hostage by a player who doesn't give a shit about the organization. I'd said he wouldn't survive one more incident. Much less, less than 12 hours later. And uh, here it is, and there he goes.
And that's the last, hopefully, we'll talk of Antonio Brown. It'll flush him from the system and get ready for the Broncos. They could keep doing what they've been doing and practicing and preparing like he's not going to play. Like they've been doing all training camp up until now. And that's a good thing that they've been able to kind of anticipate this, prepare for it, and make it as little a distraction as possible, even though it will be a distraction. And the most hated of all the hated um, comes to town, the Broncos, with rookie head coach Vic Fangio, 61 years old. Uh, there's really no telling what this guy's going to bring to the field. Since he's become coach, you know, he's done things like no music at practice. Um, but I've heard a lot of things about the, the players talking about discipline and attention to detail and accountability. <laughs> that word, accountability. Um, so that's never a bad thing when the players, you know, are being taught those things. I expect the defense to be a Vic Fangio defense. And that's the units I'm most concerned about is the Raiders offense versus the Broncos defense. Fangio is known for having elite defenses that bring a lot of pressure. They play zone. They disguise their blitz as well. You really don't know what's coming at you. Uh, as recently confirmed by a report from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and I believe uh, Matt LaFleur. So three up young coming offensive minds, three brilliant offensive minds. I'm telling you Fangio is the toughest. That's not really a shocker. And when you have Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, Chris Harris on the outside, and I think they got uh, Kareem Jackson as well. We haven't heard much from him, but Bryce Callahan as well. These are three great, good cornerbacks. Um, to go along with that interior defensive line, and Derek Wolf is a beast, and Shelby Harris is going to be a problem too. Shelby Harris, former Raiders, good thing we let him go. Let him go along with the dude we let go to Indianapolis who's doing well. It's a real good job by the old regime. So talent like that on defense, Fangio can just basically plug right in and get to work. And for the Raiders, mission number one on offense, they need to establish the run game immediately for the, if this thing is going to work. And with the addition of Trent Brown on the line and guys like uh, Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito in the middle, I um, wasn't too concerned about being able to run on the Broncos. The problem is, Cognito, Incognito, and Gabe Jackson are not available as we know. But it's crucial that the run game be established to take pressure off Derek Carr when he drops back to pass. With a successful run game, we can use play action off of that and further confuse the defense, creating more holes and openings. It's going to be a dink and dunk affair, and Derek Carr is going to have to be patient. But I, I trust that they have been preparing to be facing Vic Fangio for a long time now. And as far as the pass rush, this is what makes the beauty... You know, this is what makes the signing of Trent Brown such a beautiful thing. I believe this guy can match up against the best pass rushers in the league and win his fair share. I expect Trent Brown to neutralize whoever's coming around that right side. Colton Miller, I'm a little iffy about and worried about, but we'll see how he does. But off that right side, I expect them to fully take advantage of Trent Brown. This signing is a little underrated. They said they overpaid. With Trent Brown, he can neutralize the pass rusher. Of, of Von Miller's and Bradley Chubb's caliber, but also I think they need to utilize him in the run game. Go ahead and take it right to Von Miller, whoever's on that right side, push them out of the way because he has that ability. Wide receivers gonna have to be smart and sit in the pockets of these zones that are gonna be that they're gonna be facing. 
And we'll see. Then we'll see if Darren Waller can be effective in the middle of the field, and uh, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, and also Jalen Rashard. And I have a feeling the rookie, undrafted free agent Alex Ingold might have a big role in this game as a lead blocker. I think we Raiders might look to establish really, really, really get that dedication to the run game going. One good thing about playing the last game of the schedule this week, Monday night. A little extra time to shake off the, you know, leftovers of whatever the situation is. The Broncos defensively will be weak in the middle linebacker position. As long as the line, you know, is solid on their assignments and don't make any mistakes like letting Bradley Chubb go completely free without untouched of the quarterback, we should be able to stabilize this thing. Yeah, that game, the game I'm referring to is that preseason game, Joe Staley against the Niners. Joe Staley didn't even bother to block Bradley Chubb, let him go straight to Jimmy G. Jimmy G threw the interception off the pressure. What's funny is the announcers are there, oh, what a great play by Bradley Chubb. No one blocked him. Anybody can get to the quarterback if you don't block him. John Gruden can do that. Here comes Vaughn Miller. So these guys are already some of the top in the business. Um, let's just make sure we put something on, someone on to block them. I'm not making it any easier for them. So no question, Denver's defense in the Vic Fangio system scares me. And Fangio will be stepping on the field for the first time as a head coach. We know he's been a de great defensive coordinator for all these years. And now being a head coach, the responsibility is no longer just a defense. I want to see how what he does as a head coach uh, as he steps on for the first time in his career, steps on the field for the first time. Um, he's got to pay attention to the whole thing. What's a Vic Fangio offense going to look like? You know, he's got he's to give, he's got to make sure special teams and the offense are also running correctly, not just his defense. And Vic Fangio, for the first time, will be on the sideline. He's a booth guy. He likes to be up in the booth. As a matter of fact, he's even made the comment that if I could, I'd go back up, up there in the booth as a head coach. So that's going to be an adjustment for him. Um, that's something that really no one thinks about. But being on that sideline, he ain't getting the view he likes to see from up there in the booth. I believe he's going to have Ed Donatel up there or something relaying what he sees. And Ed Donatel is a first-time defensive coordinator, but that inexperience really doesn't matter because we know Vic Fangio is running the defense. I just feel like Fangio is going to come out in a leather helmet or something try to gouge someone's eyeballs out. He just reminds me of black and white grainy football footage for some reason. Derek Carr is going to be up there having to do his best Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers impression against this defense. That's also what we're looking to see. Him in command of the offense making the audibles and adjustments. The coverages are going to be disguised. The pressure packages are going to be disguised. Um, he's got to make the proper, proper read, the proper guess right off the bat. And if if the coverage switches after the snap, he's going to have to read that too. And cars look very panicky in the past when uh, things go south. But I really expect him to be full command of this offense this year. And up there, and up there doing his Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning thing. The kicking game is going to be a huge factor in this. It's probably going to be hard to get into the end zone. Daniel Carson's got to be on top of his game. 
In the last preseason game, he missed one. Let's hope that's not a sign of things to come. He's going to need to make every field goal we get in position to kick. And the punter, undrafted free agent A.J. Cole, he's been improving, getting better and better throughout the preseason. He's nailed plenty of punts inside the 20. He's got great control. And he has to continue that. We're going to need him to do that in his very first NFL game. Expecting huge things from Derek Carr this year. Last year, he passed for a career high in yardage, over 4,000. He almost, career high in completion percentage, almost 69%. And he averaged 7.3 yards per throw, per attempt. And that's with being in the first year in a system. That's with Jordy Nelson as your number one receiver. Half-ass Amari Cooper, half asleep for half a season. And then Seth Roberts. I mean, come on. So, yes, his number one, he did have Jared Cook, and that was his number one option, his, his safety valve. And he also averaged the most yards per catch on the team. Your tight end cannot be your deep threat. And with what ended up being one of the worst offensive lines last year, he got sacked 53 times. So the perception on Derek Carr is he's not a very good quarterback. Gruden's looking to replace him every chance he gets. This is another false narrative uh, that, if you just look with your own eyes, you can see. Not played up to his potential. Um, still QBR in the low 90s. An above average quarterback at his worst. And tremendous amount of improvement still in front of him. So with the problems of last year, what do you have this year? Short up those offensive line issues, majorly by adding Trent Brown, who I mentioned earlier. Colton Miller should be serviceable on the left side. I'm counting on that. And the two guards in the, that are placing right now have played well in the preseason and have been solid. The receiving core, I mentioned before, is better this year than it was last year. Derek Carr's second year in the offense, uh, having full command. There's no reason, fully expecting great things from Carr this year. And the other part is the mobility and scrambling that has never been worked on, that I've always wanted Derek Carr to add to his game, not just sit in the pocket. Um, and they've been working on that. And that will buy, that changes everything too. If, if Carr can buy a little more time by getting out of the pocket, if he can pick up a few extra yards when no one's open by scrambling, that changes everything. And he's really going to need the support of the run game. The run game is going to have to be effective. Um, which leads me to what I believe will be the new X-Factor for this team and in this game, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, we only saw him for a few carries. They were wonderful carries, though. Excellent. The vision, the cutback, he looks fantastic. And they don't know what they're what, what's coming at him. And if Josh Jacobs can get going in the running game or anytime he's in the game, even out of the backfield catching balls, the Raiders will win this game. Running the ball and field position are going to be the keys to getting this Denver offense on its heels and keeping them down. And the Denver offense has gone through some changes. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of these guys. And I better not see them going up and down the field on the Raider defense. The Broncos have replaced Case Keenum with Joe Flacco. As their search for a quarterback continues. Kind of ironic that the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks in league history... Um, John Elway can't get a quarterback to lead this team. And it goes to prove that 
how much a good quarterback, a franchise quarterback, helps, how much it's needed, and how much hope it gives you. Behind Flacco is Philip Lindsay. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl last year as an undrafted free agent. I don't, I don't expect that to continue. And at the wide receiver positions, uh, the return of Emmanuel Sanders is huge. They got a youngster on the other side, Cortland Sutton, who's shown some potential. And in the tight ends, uh, they did draft the number one pick, Noah Fant. I don't know if he'll be starting. I don't think so. That leaves Hewerman and Fumagalli as the veteran tight ends. So as far as the skilled position players go on Broncos, not not very, you know, they, they don't provide a big threat. They're not exciting. Um, I don't anticipate, you know, having to deal with a big, explosive Denver offense this week. And we should be able to handle them. Denver's line, um, if I was them, I'd be worried. You got, they did draft Dalton Risner, who looks like he's going to be a pretty good guard, but he's still a rookie. On the left side, they got Garrett Bowles, who's mixed reviews on him. He might not work out. His progression's not going so well. The big thing is on the right side, they signed free agent Juwan James to a 51 million, whatever, 51, 52 million dollar contract to be their right tackle. Uh, when the Raiders signed Trent Brown, there was talk that the Raiders overpaid. There's not good value. It's, you know, ever since he's been on the field, I, you know, I, I've only thought he's been worth every penny of that $66 million. But a guy like Juwan James, who is a turnstile, is not worth 50-something million dollars. And if I was a Bronco fan, I'd be pretty pissed at the front office for giving money like that to him. So overall, very uninspiring offense from the Broncos. And the key to stopping any Joe Flacco-led team is you got to crush the running game. Without it, Joe Flacco becomes a really below-average quarterback. With it, he can be a serviceable quarterback. I don't believe Joe Flacco's got much left in the tank, but there are people out there who report that if you get him a running game, you know, in 2012, and that's like seven, eight years ago. That's a whole career ago. I mean, maybe we just face the fact that the guy's old and he's not what he used to be. But anyway, stopping the run game is his key to stopping Joe Flacco. That way he can't use his play action and all that other stuff one-on-one uh, coverage on receivers. So how are the Raiders going to stop the Broncos' rushing attack? And can they stop the Broncos' rushing attack? The answer is yes. I have a lot of confidence that they will. Throughout the entire preseason, the Raiders' defense has improved tremendously in pass coverage. There's been a huge difference. You could see uh, coverage is always there. No, not really any blown assignments. But the major improvement is in the run defense. That one gap penetrating style, I saw that all preseason. They were in the backfield. Running backs weren't going anywhere. That edge was getting crushed. They owned the edge. Arden Key, Cleland Farrell, which I expected, but anyone who was in there couldn't run around. You couldn't run straight through. The defense looked good, disciplined, and ready. Jonathan Hankins, the run stuffing duties will be mainly on him. He was really good last year when he got into shape, and he came into shape in even better shape this year. I'm expecting him to hold down the middle and not let any running game get through. Arden Key on the edge has really improved his run defense. Last year, he was nothing. You go around the edge every 
all the time on R and Key. This year, they kept trying it, and he kept destroying that edge, and he was there to make a play. And behind them, they have Vontaze Burford, maybe the biggest addition to the defense that you're going to really notice the difference in defense when he's in the game. He knows the defense inside and out. He's the quarterback of the defense. He gets people in the exact right plays, and he knows what's coming from the offense. It's going to be a tremendous night and day difference because of him being in the game alone. You know, without even talking about the other improvements the Raiders have made on defense. It's going to be a huge difference. Because a little bit I did see Avante's perfect on the field. He got the players lined up in the right, right uh, area. He saw what the offense was doing. He readjusted the players. And then immediately went to where the play was going. He knew what, where the offense was going and what to call to stop it. And that is the key to everything on defense. If your middle linebacker can adjust the defense and what they need to be and for most of the time see what's coming, that's going to make everyone's job so much easier. And this isn't the Kansas City Chiefs or the Rams we're facing here. And This is Vic Fangio, Fangio, whatever his name is, Joe Flacco, Denver Bronco offense that we're facing. There's no reason we shouldn't dominate this offense. Now a little breaking news for everybody. Um, Antonio Brown just signed a one-year deal with the Patriots. $9 million signing bonus. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, back to the game. You know, it's kind of hard to get back to the game. So now Antonio Brown's going to the Patriots. Um, am I wasting my time here? I mean, to making reviews off something. I mean, is this all? Is this all rigged? I mean, we all just in the Patriots world here. You know, does it does it matter? Everything just just goes for them. I'm sure Antonio Brown will turn into Randy Moss 2.0 and just be a perfect citizen out there in New England. And start putting up career numbers. I guess my only wish is that he would have made it on the field in time so he could face the Steelers. And that would have been something sweet at least. But looking back to the Raiders and Broncos, that's what I expect from the Raiders this Monday. Uh, no excuses. You know, that's what this team is capable of doing. And so the final uh, predicted score for the game, I'm going to... Say it's going to be 34 nothing Raiders. Laugh track. This one laugh track comes in. Obviously, I'm just playing. It seems like this could be something like a 20 to 10, 16 to 6 type of game with with a Raider opening season victory. And that's going to wrap up the pod, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to anybody who's listening. Feel free to comment. Um, that's it for today. And I just want to say the Raider Nation's been through a lot these past few days. The organization, imagine how they're feeling, the players and coaches. But it's up to John Gruden to right this ship, get everything back on track, get everyone focused. The mission remains the same. So let's get ready for the Broncos on Monday night. Let's get ready to punch them in the mouth. There's only one nation, baby. Let's go. See you next time.